I got I got I got I got I got money, 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 money on my bees, cause I'm gaining all these honeys. I got money, 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 money. Money is the virus, cause these niggas at the buggy. I got money, money, money. Had a little delay and hiatus, but we are back for season two. Welcome everybody to the Genuine Content Podcast with your hosts Jay and Josh. Jay, it's been a little minute. Let's catch up, man. How you been? A little minute is a, <laughs> a, nice a lot of minutes, but, <laughs> but it feels good, man. It, you know, it's a you know that for you know, and everybody knows now that's what season one of genuine content. And you know, we took a little break, and uh, probably wasn't a planned, fully planned break, or wasn't that long of a planned break. But I think the recharge was almost needed uh, for a lot for you know people that don't know, like you know, new father. Then I actually just started going to work. So that initial transition of working and handling the, the baby and all that, that was actually pretty tough. And like, I'm kind of glad we didn't do any recordings because I would have been like, I know I always said I run on E, but I was like super duper. I'm, I'm like, the, the definition <laughs> of tired is like, I got, I just learned a new definition of it. It's just crazy. But I did, like, I missed it. Like I missed like just the recording and such. Uh, you know, luckily nothing really happened. Like yeah, that, that we that, much, that we right? that we needed to talk about, but like I just missed the platform. I just missed talking, missed like us doing this dialogue. You know, just kind of us a, a time for us to catch up and talk nonsense. But like it, it feels good to like now like we're back in a routine. You know, this was season one. See, that was season one, and that was pre- actually a pretty good intro of us learning uh, how to do this whole thing called a podcast. And now we're just getting to the flow of it. And even like within a week hiatus, a couple of weeks hiatus, like it's natural again. So it feels good. Yeah. Almost back like we never left, man. But yeah, that's yeah, I, like. I think to your point, it was kind of like the universe was like, yeah, you know, slow down a little bit. Both of y'all just need to take it easy. You know, a lot get, happened. Like, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes life happens, man. But I mean, that's just kind of how things work sometimes. But I mean, happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, even and, uh, though just sorry, sorry to even cut you off, but like during that break, like we both had birthdays, like so it's like to even yeah during our birthdays and then like Father's Day and then so like you spend fa- you know Father's Day with your father and then me with mine and True. me being a new father, it was like June was just packed. And even True. our birthdays, all my I have like five, four or five cousins. Like our birthdays are in the same week of June, and just yeah, just a lot personally. So it's like again, you're right. Universe said kind of chill. You know the podcast will be here for you when you when, when you're ready, and you know it was. Oh like, yeah, you just text me, hey, next week. I was like, let's do it. I was, I was excited. We're back man. into it, exactly, no man. <laughs> exactly, the show must go on, man. But you know, uh, we're back as as Jay's mentioned. This is season two. We're just gonna kind of call it that officially at this point. Um, but we've had a, a fun ten episodes to get this thing started, and we're just gonna come right back with it. Uh, welcome everybody once again to genuine content if you haven't followed us on instagram it's at genuine underscore content content spelled with the k we're also on apple Podcasts, spotify google play we're on youtube for this videos uh obviously we're doing this video pod you know we're, we're doing our thing we're going to keep that rolling um uh, follow People us on it. any major 
streaming platforms absolutely you know it kind of gives like a little different perspective you know you kind of put a name to the face sometimes but uh hey season two we've got a great episode uh jay i'm glad you didn't bury the lead too much because we are going to talk about you know fatherhood a little bit since you got the you know you've got this thing going on this is a whole new charted course of life for you and we have a special guest as well to kind of help us on this conversation but we're going to talk a little bit about uh you know wellness overall in this role of fatherhood especially being you know being men in this space i think there's been a lot of negativity about masculinity about men in general you would think that like men are something like taboo but we yes. have our role to play yeah. we have our you know we have our lives and we got to live yeah and, i mean to, to see, you mean piggyback on that like we did the episode on masculinity right like we did that True. we did an episode about toxicity right and then um during our our break we have our group chat and there's a thing of things men shouldn't do and it's a long list of things <laughs> it, it's always it's wild and i'm like it's wild little things like i'm i'll be so i won't be surprised if number uh 65 is uh doing a podcast is uh not oh possible. yeah that's gonna be oh, yeah. soon. Yeah, I'm shoot, man. They're probably up to like 500 things at this point. But uh, mm-hmm. no, hey, without further ado, man, let's let's bring in our guest, our special guest. Uh, let's add him. Okay. All right. Yes, we got my guy Asley on deck. Asley, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling powered up. How are y'all doing? Hey, you know what? I'm trying to match that energy, man. Like. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to get a little powered up, get a little swell for this episode too, man. Hold up, hold up, because you know I gotta do my uh, gotta do my quick thing where I'm trying to get sponsored. Oh yeah, no, simply, <laughs> yes, simply. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Which one is that one? Is that the strawberry? I think I see the red. Unfortunately, tap. it's a strawberry. It's the last one man. I got. <laughs> I, I need hey. the re-up. Uh, did you save it for this episode? <laughs> I opened the fridge and I'm like, it was meant to be, right? Like, why not? Why not? Right? It was. It was either that, and it's. It sounds crazy. I still got some pumpkin beers from last year that I didn't drink all of them because I don't really drink mm. that much like that. So I'm like, it's not the fault. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna hold on to it. So I still oh, yeah. got. I still got some of the strawberry peach right here. It's still summertime, unfortunately. Still got some summer vibes. Yeah, this heat is no joke, man. That's something refreshing, right? Kind of keep you uh keep you even keel. Man, homeostasis. As I, I know you guys are in Gainesville. I'm over here in South Florida. I work in Miami and today, so my job, like uh, sometimes I gotta be outside. Mm-hmm. And like mm. and I was outside probably for like 30 minutes uh, talking to people and I was sweating like crazy. I'm wearing a short sleeve polo. And I looked, I'm like, okay, my look at my watch, it says 93 degrees. I open and I click it again, but it feels like 105. And then you can tell I'm just sweating so much. And it's been like this, like for the past two months, man. This heat is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Hey, make no mistake about it. It's like that in Gainesville, man. Like it's yeah. same energy. This heat no is no joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've never ever, and I'm born and raised here in Miami. I've never seen a heat advisory. Mm. And we've been having one every day. Like this heat is just unheard of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm at the point where like I'm. You know when you can see heat rise. Like I see that every day when I pull up in the car <laughs> and start to crank it on. Yeah. The last time I felt like this heat is last year, Josh, when we went to Vegas and we did the ATV ride. Right? Remember that was dry heat. 
But yeah, this, that wasn't but, even bad. Yeah, that was like 90 something in dry heat, but this is like 90 with humidity. This is just mm, the worst. I can't yeah. even wear anything. I just sweat everything out. It don't matter. Yeah, it, it really don't matter at this point. You can't even try to like stay cool. You just you just gotta accept your fate if you walk outside. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but uh Asley, you know, we're going to give you the floor, man, to, to give you an introduction, talk a little bit about yourself, what you're doing these days. You know, uh, we want to definitely uplift what you got going on because we think it's prime for, sure. for this episode. So take it away, man. For sure, man. Well, fellas, I'm happy to be here on the Genuine Content Podcast. That's content with a K. I appreciate uh, but like that. Said, my name is Asley Polis. Uh, I was originally, I'm a son first. Then after being a son, I became a brother, and then I became a friend, and then I became a boyfriend that turned into a husband that now is a father. And so just on along that cycle, I'm also a motivator, too, by career. So I'm currently, I have my own business called Noble Sheep. Me and one of my best friends created this partnership for us to go out and empower young uh, leaders on the content of leadership, on the content of well-being, but just trying to help people be their best selves. And so we work a lot with colleges, colleges, universities across the nation. And so you can follow us on noble.sheep on Instagram or even YouTube, you'll see all of our dynamic content. Uh, our main message is to power up. And I'll talk more about what that means to me, even in fatherhood and the different things that we're going to talk about today. But as you can tell from my energy, you know, I'm just thankful to be alive, right? Like we didn't wake up today on our own. I know a lot of you all set your alarm clocks, but you didn't wake up today on your own. There's going to be a time when we all don't hear our alarm clocks. So I just don't take any day for granted. And I try to bring the best energy to it because I don't know when my last one is going to be. Ooh, I felt that one, man. Man, I'm finna run through a brick wall. Like, let's go, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was telling Jay just offline. Uh, so I usually see you sometimes at like Gainesville Health and Fitness, like before before dump. Like yes. we're talking like five o'clock in the morning. Like I'm just getting this workout in, and I'm like, I'm kind of like walking in there. I'm like, all right, I gotta get my mind right. Like you're already in there. You're like, John, what's the word, bro? And I'm like, ah. What's up, Ashley? Like, I'm just trying to yeah. get this thing right. <laughs> I'm just trying to get up, man. No, hey, but, man, like you have the energy to like power a city block. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, man. Like, where do you get that from? Like, is it like your your philosophy? Like, like how do you just stay up like that, like all day, every day, man? Like, talk to us, man. Now, I think especially in the morning, especially because, you know, I wake up probably around 3 a.m., around like 2.30. And so by the time I get to the gym and you see me, uh, it's kind of like that runner's high. I call it the lifting high to where I'm in my zone. Right. Yeah. But I think uh, ever since I was growing up, you know, I've always been kind of that beam of light. And I think, honestly, that's just was God given. Right. I think God has given me a gift to be able to light up certain places that I'm in and to be able to just have that joyful spirit. And I think who uh, another person that added to that was my mom, right? See, my mom, she's like the most joyful, most like super energetic. Like she has a lot more uh, energy than I do in a lot of ways. So just growing up around that and seeing her zeal for life and the the heart and the energy that she brings behind everything she does, I think inspired me at a young age to also carry on that same way. So shout out to my mom. I, she's probably going to listen Great. to this. And so, mom, I love you, but you are one, one of the main reasons as to why I am who I am today and my dad as well. Hey, Josh, you're right about the energy, man, because uh, similar to him, like I, I wake up at four in the morning to go work out. 
and I don't work till eight o'clock. So like I'm up four hours just because I want yeah. to, right? And I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm always tired. I get home around like six thirty, seven o'clock, and I'm tired. You know, I kind of want to do nothing really. And man, this man got me hyped. Like I'm over here, <laughs> like, I'm not a coffee drinker or anything like that. And I'm over here, like I got all this like energy. So like as if, as if I just drink coffee or if I drink a pre workout, I'm like I'm hyped. I'm ready for this. Mm. I'm telling you, man. Like I just came from the basketball court, like right before this. I'm like, man, I could probably just go right back yeah. and run up a few more games. <laughs> <laughs> but Asley, man, like you can definitely see like the passion that you've like you've grown up with, like just carry through like all elements of your life, man. We're great, you know. We're, we're appreciative that you can take the time to be with us today uh, and kind of help us with this episode, man. But. Uh, you know, we kind of led into it, right? Like our kind of wellness routine, like how we kind of get going each yeah. and every day. And and of course, like as we've kind of grown up as men, right, the amount of time that we have to ourselves uh, kind of starts to dwindle a little bit, right? And so like how do you as an individual kind of keep yourself kind of grounded, uh, maintain your wellness, your health? Jay, same question kind of goes to you too, man, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, like, as you mentioned, right, like you started off as son when you have all the time in the world to be as carefree as possible, yeah. then you segue up into relationship, to husband, now father, all that time just goes. So like, how do you keep that time to yourself or just maintain like your wellness in your day-to-day walk? Jay, you want to take on that one? Yeah. No, you get I me. Mean- up to you up to you i mean you're the guest well okay so for me i would say definitely uh the biggest i would hopefully say the priority of my life is my faith and so because of just what i believe in right i believe in jesus i believe that you know he is my lord and savior and so growing up with that mentality and that mindset and understanding that you know i was born on march 16th 1992 if I'm lucky, I may make it to a uh, hundred years, right? So I may make it to 2092, but a lot of times in life, we all know that it's probably, it may be shorter than that. And so I understand that I've been given an opportunity to live for this particular time, be in front mm-hmm. of these particular people and be around like just, just in this generation that we're in right now. And so just understanding the timing of it all and understanding how um, God has just orchestrated my life from the parents that I didn't pick to where I was living uh, growing up to the people that I've met now, right? From Josh, even now you, Jay, like a lot of things in my life have been ordained to the point where I know it's purposeful and I know I'm not going to waste this purpose. And so when I wake up, Understanding my responsibilities as a husband, understanding my responsibilities as a father, because a lot of those things do take time. And even me being an entrepreneur, having my own business like that, that can be a heavy responsibility. And so to maintain my wellness and my sanity, I definitely have to spend time with God in the morning. But then I also have to exert some type of physical energy and lifting for me really is the main hobby that I have, because as you know, with time is limited, you got to pick and choose. And so if I'm going to do something, I'd rather sacrifice sleep to number one, get my time with God. And then number two, just go out and lift and just take care of my body, which then leads to me being mentally sane as well as emotionally sane as well. That's big, man. Hey, appreciate that testimony. Appreciate you sharing that. Jay, I'm going to pass it to you, man. So, I mean, I feel like me and him are almost the same person. Like, we're kind of similar, right? So, like, for me, like, like, like priority, like, okay, my priority like, has just changed. Like, when, like, like he said, like, you know, you grow up as a son to a brother to, 
boyfriend, husband, not father. So, you know, for the past couple of years, like my priority was my wife and like in our lives together. And now, like now that I have a daughter, she's three months old. Like really, everything's changed. It's like she's my top priority. I gotta do everything for her. I gotta grind for her. Yeah. And while <clears throat> she is my top priority, uh, I think what, what we forget as we get older is like our wellness and our our, own, mm-hmm. our well-being. So like, it's like her and like her, my wife, and my wellness. They're actually top three. Like my wellness actually mm-hmm. is as equal as them because. If I'm not good, then how can I be there for them? How can I provide for them? Yeah. I can't I can't sacrifice myself. Like if I sacrifice myself for them, then I'm not giving my all to them. So I'm kind of with him. Like I rather I sacrifice sleep to make sure they're okay. But like for me, working out is way more important than getting like like people get eight hours of sleep. Like I'm man, give me five hours, right? Give me five mm-hmm. or six. I can rock with that. And I gotta do what I gotta do because I got a bunch of things going on, but like I really put a priority in them and working out. Like working out is just my main source of wellness. We did a episode about like therapy and such, and how like it might be it might be controversial. At the time, I was like, I don't think everyone needs therapy. Mm. While while it's a very important tool, everyone's different, and everyone has their own form of therapeutic intervention. And for me, Mm. for me, like running. Like, I like lifting weights and stuff. Lifting weights is more, for me, like, to stress-induce, like, take, it up to take the stress away. But, like, running, like, getting that runner's high, just running around the neighborhood for, like, 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes, just free-flowing, just, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm in another world, especially when mm-hmm. you get the right music. And, like, I just feel like I... It's like the it's like the recharge I need. I could be yeah. I could be in a really bad mood. I can like have all these thoughts or whatever, and I go for a nice run, and I'm just like, man, let's get the day started. Let's go. Like, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So like, I I always prioritize wellness, and like that's like my main thing, like my main form of wellness. Um, I got other things too. Like, uh, Josh knows like I love video games. Haven't been playing too much video games obviously, obviously with the 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 baby, but you know. Trying to get my Smash Bros in every now and yeah. then. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one one thing that I love doing in the past, and I'm trying to get back to doing it again, is uh, Legos. And I have like some Lego boxes mm-hmm. out there just just mm-hmm. waiting waiting for me to build. And I'm I keep looking at them, and I'm like I used to love doing them before, and it's just like it's it's actually wow. very like you know mind provoking, right? Like it's 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 another way of, another mind exercise for you. So mm. another you know just something that. Uh, keep you busy but also you know strengthen your mind so like i just try to find other things like i i, I used to like reading a lot and i kind of lost it a bit if it's not yeah. like com- if it's not like comics mm-hmm. i don't really read too much and i see all my friends trying to get into reading and i'm like oh, it's just not me but so i, I just got the legos like, yeah <laughs> hey you gotta do what you do best right like it yeah. works for you man it, it's not really about the uh the process as much as it is about like you know your individual journey like it doesn't have to be one size fits all right um, I honestly, I wish I was just as much disciplined as each and every one of y'all. Cause <laughs> I, I mean, I go through my spurts where I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I lost my wellness on this one. Like, mm. you know, like I reached the point of like, say burnout for instance, Oof. or like, um, or just like utter tiredness and I'll, I'll kind of reflect on it and I'll think like, what was my diet? Like the last mm. two, three weeks, right? Like, 
what was kind of, what was I going through at this particular moment? Like, was I just high strung? Was I anxious? Like, and then how did I respond? Right. Like, was I like grounded in it? You know, was I my usual self? Like, did I maintain my practices? And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, I think when it comes to like my overall wellness journey, I've found the most success kind of harking back to like childhood in some ways, mm. right? Like what made my inner, like my inner child, like, right. What made me happy and joyful. And it was like exercise, yeah. whether it was like playing basketball, playing soccer, um, you know, working out, just strengthening my body, strengthening my mind. And um, I think those are the things that really I gravitate to the most. I like running just as much as y'all do, but sometimes I have to trick myself into like getting that cardio. And so oh, yeah. it's always been basketball for me to win, you know, to get that done. You don't love running until you ran a half marathon. Mm. That might be right on that. I definitely don't have that sticker. That sticker is not on my car. (laughs) I might have that at like 6.5 or something. (laughs) No way. I haven't gotten to that point. That's something on the bucket list, though. I need to get into that for sure. It's it's, it's very rewarding. I'm doing one next year, hopefully. Hey, you know what? I, I I might start thinking about that training regimen for that. But... Yeah, like I love to do cardio. I just have to kind of trick my mind into it a little bit, just with something a little bit more stimulating behind it. So sports has always been that go-to. Uh, no, I talk to Jay about this a lot, but I love to meditate. And like, if I'm in my zone, if I'm like doing it right, um, I'm meditating every day, maybe two or three times a day, um, just to have that kind of time, just to reflect in, um, check kind of how my breath is. Like whether or not it's like really fast paced or like I'm really anxious or whether it's like slow to the point of like I need to kind of pick it up a little bit. Just kind of check in my body, uh, kind of see where I'm at, what I need to do moving forward. Um, actually, one thing I picked up most recently, probably over this last year, is journaling. Um, and like I have my introverted tendencies. And so like it gives me that outlet to kind of process things but also like write them out and kind of see what I put down and think about it from not almost like an out-of-body perspective right like it's almost like somebody wrote this like now what do you think about it when you put it down on paper is it as serious as you thought it was like is that you know did it affect you as much as you really think did it affect you more how did you feel about it and so I kind of have those like introspective moments when I journal and it's been monumental lately. I'm not saying I do it every day, um, but when I have like when I need to, you know, put something down, um, I'll definitely do that. A friend of mine actually kind of put it very, very eloquently. It was like sometimes you you download so much information, especially in today's society mm-hmm. that like. You have all this input, but you need this output too. And so like journaling's yeah. kind of been that process for me to kind of decompress sometimes, put it out on paper and really see like, all right, this is what came out. So this was real. Like this was genuinely how I felt at that moment and that time. Yeah. And it's made you the world what? a difference. Is that even, that's actually a very popular thing to do now. Like when you go on like YouTube shorts or like TikTok or IG reels, like if you look at what the influencers are doing, like influencers are journaling. Mm. Like I mm. notice a lot of them do that. Like it's like, like a, a, at least a lot of the, I like to watch a lot of health like stuff. I'm like health conscious. 
to like a lot of the health influencers like oh yeah this is my diet this is my workout this is what i do throughout the day and one of the things they do is journaling yeah so it's interesting it's made a difference in uh in in my day-to-day life i so i started off with like a guided uh journal for black men because i didn't know the first thing about journaling like i was like man what is this like but my wife uh bought it for me um it was just a time where like i was in a big transition and like um I started getting to a, like a little funk when like it's rapid change. Oh yeah. And so like, you know, she was like, why don't you just try this? Like, you know, uh, put some of your thoughts down, see how you feel about it. And so I, you know, took a, took a page kind of like circle what you're feeling at that moment. Like whether it's stress or whether it's tiredness, whether it's happiness, joy, and then like uh, whatever the prompt was for that day, you just kind of go about it. And uh, that was like a 50 day journal or so wow. and crushed that. And then after that, I just bought a blank one and I was like, I can just do this on my own show now. Like just kind of felt that confidence, but yeah, it's uh no, I like it. I highly recommend it. Kind of Jay's point. Like it's not for everybody. It may yeah. Be, but yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, like previously, right? Like you just got to find what, like everyone's different. You got to find what, what, what really works for you. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I don't know about you, but I know Josh, he played video games, but not as much as me. Like, I just, I'm an avid video game player. And that, and yeah, you take the game. I mean, some people think I think it's childish or whatever, but like, it's a hobby. Like, I just won't break. Like, you, you know, you kind of got to accept it or not. Like, that, that, that's definitely like, if I need some time to myself, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad my wife like accepts it and she understands that she, she even tells me, like, hey, uh, you want to go downstairs and you know play? You know you can go. I'm, like I know you got that new game. You want to go go play? Mm-hmm. And, she, and she knows I, I I just need it. Like so just something about that. Like I don't know. Like going to that intuition world. thing. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might need a game a little bit. That's cool. That's cool, so, man. And and I feel weird when I don't. If I go like like for for the most part, like at this point, I probably go two three days straight without playing. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, like I got that itch. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I need I, I need to I need to release that a little bit. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So, Jay, you mentioned something that was very, um, very interesting, and I kind of want to piggyback on that, like this whole societal standard, right? Or like um, this idea that men have to be a certain way, do a certain thing, kind of, you know, show a certain, um, I don't want to say facade, because that's not necessarily the case, but like we oftentimes are kind of boxed into this like archetype of how we should be, like, and what you mentioned was kind of this self-assurance, right? And so, yeah. like, for each of y'all, like, what was that journey like? Even, I mean, Asley, if you, like, you've had it from Jump Street, then talk about that, too. I know sometimes, like, I've had to, like, I've com- been conflicted with, like, okay, so what does society think about mm. what I'm supposed to be versus who I am and just kind of having that space to just kind of do you? Yeah. For sure, man. I think for me, luckily, well, even as a a black male, to, to add to that, I would say um, I've been blessed to have different father figures, right? So the first one being my dad. My dad is a hard worker, right? Man that grinds, gets it from out of nowhere. He will make a way, you know, very tough, uh, very sincere, though, but just very, like, about his business. And so mm-hmm. I learned my work ethic of, of what a man should do from his angle. However, 
because of just the people that I was around in middle school and the kind of the environment that I got in, I also got a chance to see how other dads operated because I would spend a lot of times with my best friend whose dad was an assistant pastor to a church. And then that uh, allowed me to be around other men who were part of the church, right, who were really great guys and had family. So I was able to get not only somebody who was hardworking, but I was also able to get a picture of what uh, French, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uncle would look like, right? And how they behave, <laughs> how family sits down. So a lot of aspects that I might have been missing, somehow, some way I was able to pick it up through different father figures that I was either around or that I saw along the way. And even now, too, as a father, being able to be a father around other men who are around my age and then even some that are older, you know, I'm picking up nuggets from there every day. Because I feel like life is, you know, to go through life, you got to be a student of the game. And I think there's always something you can learn from people that are either trying to get to where you are even or that have gone before you. And so just with the hindsight of the the males that are doing their thing, they're doing a great thing with their family, being great husbands. Like I have that role model and example. And then for the young guys coming up, too, that are just newfound fathers that have so much joy and so much being to what's happening. Like I'm learning that zeal from them, too. You know, so I think I, I because I'm a sponge, in a sense, I've been fortunate to pick up a lot of great role models that's allowed me to reframe what my idea of manhood is. That's what's up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, you got a so, follow. follow. <laughs> so I, I think with me, like it started. I finally I think I learned more about like me and manhood and society, not putting me in a box i learned that in college but it definitely started growing up because uh mm. like i grew up with um you know i was fortunate enough to where my grandma stayed with me and it's like if anyone knows like my grandma's like a huge part of my life mm-hmm. and like um i mean i grew up you know it was it was pretty rough growing up and my parents uh they were in my life both my mom and dad but they was working so much it's just, you know like you're talking about like immigrant parents you know you know i mean you know i mean we all learned the history of it, you know, of minorities and the economic struggles in between. Like, it's nothing new. So, like, you know, there was always working. Like, my dad was one, like, I probably didn't see him until, like, what, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. My mom, 6, 7 o'clock. I, I, like, at night, both of them. So, my grandma was always there. And while I was raised in a religious household, it was always about, like, loving everyone and, like, do whatever makes you happy. Like, that was always the thing. Like, she preached to me. Uh, my parents preached to me and, and like I really like took that especially in college where like in college that's where you really learn the freedom and like that's where you really tr- truly learn yourself and I I guess you can see a lot of the, like not hatred but you can see a lot of like the separation or this little segregation where it's like okay you have like you have the minorities over here then you have uh like the mm. white the white crew over here the white like the white fraternity sororities over here and the minorities over here and like I never really experienced that because I grew up in a minority um, neighborhood. I grew up in minority schools. That's all I know. So then when I see people like, oh, well, you're supposed to be this because you're Hispanic, right? You can't be doing it because, uh, uh, like, this is what Hispanic people do. Like, you're not white. You're not black. And it's like, well, I'm me, though. Like, like, why Like, well, why do you have a problem with whatever I'm doing, whatever, how I'm dressing, how I'm acting, anything like that? And like that mindset, like like that that thing's almost kind of pushed me to even more. So it's like, okay, if you have a problem with it, I'm gonna just keep on doing it. So it was like almost like mm. a rebellious thing, but it was like, but it was still my personality. And and then I fully evolved when I got my master's. Like I got my master's in social work, and in my opinion, that's a very uh, 
liberal degree, right? Like it's, I feel like it's very hard to be like a social worker and have conservative mindsets. Like it's almost an oxymoron to me. Like if they, if there are any uh, conservative social workers, like, you know, I'm not trying to offend you, but to me, like it's, it's just an oxymoron because it doesn't make sense. Like they're polar, they're almost polar opposites. And I don't know, then it's just like, I learn all these things and it's just all about like, you know what, just do you like, do, like don't let anyone label you or anything like that. And like, when I'm raising my daughter now, like, it sounds stupid, but it's like, well, we got to get her pink stuff. I'm like, oh, well, why? Well, she's a girl. I mean, she, we can get her other colors. We, we can do, she can do whatever she wants. She wants to wear that. She can wear that. You know, like, we're not going to, we're not going to just stick her to pink or blue, whatever, because that's what society deemed is a girl color. It's like, if she wants to wear red, she can wear red. But wear purple, black, I don't care. Like, whatever she wants to do is going to mm-hmm. make her happy, whether she wants to play with dolls or trucks, you know, like, it's her happiness, and I, I and I'm, I'm just, and like that comes to me where like I don't care what people think. Like if people think I dress flamboyant sometimes, some people think I don't. Whatever. Like I'm one who grew up with long hair, and people thought I was feminine. It's like, well, I don't care. And then I have earrings, and I have hoop earrings, and it's like, you know, then I'll wear like very tight fitting clothes sometimes. It's like, well, I don't really care like what you guys think because it's whatever makes me happy, and as long as it makes me happy and comfortable, that's how I want to raise my daughter and. You know, my, my wife, you know, she has a different view. She has a different way of thinking. And I was like, well, I'm not going to change you. I just don't want you to change me either. You you want her to wear pink because she's a girl. That's fine. I just I just don't want to be, you know, limited. I don't think anyone should be limited. It's not like a woke thing or anything because like, that's the new thing. Everyone will say that's woke. But it's more just do you. Don't let people tell you what to do. Like, you know, you find your own happiness and whatever it is. Yeah, man, I think very well put, right? Like, um, for me, I mean, I mean, the men in my life were um, <laughs> very instrumental to my growth as a person and just kind of my own self assurance. Uh, Asley, to your point, um, no, my father was definitely the example when it came to work ethic. Yes, um, definitely uh, exuded. You know, do what you got to do. Um, do it for your family, like the sacrifice that he went through, you know, kind of um, immigrating from Ghana, working at restaurants, then Uh. going to school, be a pharmacist. Uh, And then even then, like taking extra shifts, working from like nine to nine. Like I remember sometimes like I would get, like I would go to extended day, like after school, like the after school program, whatever. Then I would get picked up by uh, like, one of his coworkers and then I'll go straight to the pharmacy. And mm. so like, I would be around that like all the time or, um, or if anything, like it would be my grandparents who would pick me up. And so like, I had mm. such a strong relationship with my grandfather so yeah. strong that I called him dad too. Yeah. I've never called my granddad granddad mm. when he was alive and he passed away in 2020, actually a, a week ago, 2020. Wow. Um, yeah. But, you know, he was such a very strong pinnacle of hard work. He was, you know, he was in the military. Um, He worked for he worked for the state for like 35 years. Like, you know, like that whole thing, like got pension and all that good stuff. Um, He was the one who really instilled values in me. Like, yeah, I remember the first time that I was late to granddad's house. I heard it. Mm. And it wasn't even like it wasn't even like chewed out type yell it was like that disappointment like now nah, you know son like you know i don't like to be late and mm. you're just like oh man <laughs> like 
dang. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, like, I just that's felt a, so bad about it. The worst that, thing you know? yelling, right? Exactly. Like, the disappointment <laughs> yell, that's not really a yell. You know? <laughs> yes. But, you know, me and my granddad was big. Like, he was definitely rooted in his faith as well. He was one of the most grounded people that I know or that I knew mm. for sure. Um, but, yeah, my dad, when it came to work ethic, was – he almost it was almost hard work to a fault. And I say that because when I was seven, um, he actually suffered a stroke mm-hmm. and his blood pressure was through the roof. Now, mind you, he's a pharmacist. Right. And so you're thinking like he probably knows everything he needs to do to regulate his blood pressure. But he right. worked so hard. He worked himself sick. Mm-hmm. And so that was almost like the equalizer. Like I'm all of seven, seven and a half. Like he worked so hard, but he almost passed doing it. So it was kind of like that. All right. You need to work hard. You need to get what you need to do, but you also need to kind of maintain your well-being. You need to maintain your health. You need to always keep an eye out for that. And I remember yeah. like from then, like I was like, I would almost like count calories. Like I'd count fats. Like, and I'm just like all of like an eight-year-old trying to be a dietitian or something. <laughs> like, but like that really, that really shook me in the, in the sense of like, all right, like, you definitely have to get it in, but mm-hmm. you got to take care of yourself at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, like in school, like I didn't necessarily have a lot of black um, friends, family like around me at that time because I grew up in predominantly white areas. Yeah, so that was kind of the struggle bus for me, at least in, let's say, middle school, high school, kind of maintaining my own identity as a black male, um, kind of navigating through like society at that time being school when you're like one mm-hmm. of only maybe two minorities in your grade. Um, so like that will challenge you a couple of times. Like, you know, people have their like stereotypical expectations from what they see about black men in media or music or athletes and things of that nature. And mm. there were some moments where I didn't necessarily fit that puzzle mm. quote unquote for what they would expect. And I was a-okay with that. I would just say, all right, thank you. Like mm. if I didn't talk a certain way or if I didn't wear like baggy stuff, like I was like, you right. Cool. I don't ask you to dress a certain yeah. way. Like, I don't talk about how you rock. Like this is just me. Like what you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just that simple. And so like, I would say that that probably reinforced like, my own self-awareness more than anything was just always being like thrown up against like some stereotypes and saying like, that's just not me. And that's not even what I want to be. Right. But you're going to have to pick on somebody else in a different way like that. Like that's just not going to (laughs) work. For real, man. And I I love to see the themes because, you know, my, my parents are Haitian. And so, you know, they uh, migrated here from, honestly, we, I was born in Canada and so they had my brother, uh, they met in Haiti. My parents met in Haiti, fell in love, had my brother in Switzerland because my mom was going to nursing school at the time. And then they moved to Canada to work. And so I was born in Canada and then we moved to Gainesville, Florida, because my dad's brother had a taxi cab company or um, a medical transport company which turned into a taxi cab when he took the half of it over. But as you were saying about your dad, I mean, now that I think about it in context, I don't know the type of life that they experienced prior to getting to the States or prior to having to do X, Y, and Z. But a lot of what I see is that's all that they really knew, you know, like all that they really knew uh, to, to do was just to provide and to make sure that whoever comes after you gets a better piece of the pie. 
And because of their sacrifice, I think me and you have now, all of us have the freedom to step back a little bit and have that breathing room to say, okay, he did X, Y, Z. Well, I can do X, Y, Z, but I'm only able to think about it because I have the freedom to do so because they already made the sacrifice for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really is one of life's biggest blessings, right? You know, somebody who kind of took that onus on it on your behalf. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, like you may not even been born yet. Mm. <laughs> like the struggle or the sacrifice was could have been well, well before that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being in the world that like my dad was when he was in his twenties or thirties. Like man, yeah. like what? Mm. But that's kind of that new evolution of, of fatherhood as well. But like sometimes, like. You hear it from like the older generation, right? Like, oh, they don't have it like we had it, or like it's yeah. not nearly as tough as that. And sometimes, like, w- what do y'all think about that statement? Because I'm not necessarily like offended by it or anything like that. Because I get it. We got mm-hmm. more access sometimes. Um, certain things come a little easier. Some things can be more convenient. But then there's also there's there's also those um, you know, the negatives about that, right? Like they yeah. don't necessarily have social media. Internet's kind of brought like some different dynamics to this whole thing, right? So, like, especially with y'all being new fathers, like, mm-hmm. what do you think about that dynamic? Like that old generation versus now and how you kind of have to move and do things. I think it's for me, it's um we're all it's it's all a unique experience, right? And I can't say that my they, they've probably had it, yes, they've had it tougher in instances, right? Like just very physical, the time that they were born in, the, the things that they had to go through, the access that they didn't have. And so, like you said, from a convenience standpoint, our leverage is much greater than what they've had starting out. Mm-hmm. But I think because there's new levels, there's also new devils at these new levels. And part of Ooh. what we are able to sustain and handle, if we would have brought it back to their generation, we don't know if they would have had the bandwidth for that to a certain extent. And so I think as things continue to progress and grow, all the generations are going to have their own unique uh, resistance and toughness. But to compare the two, it's like apples and oranges. If that makes sense. They're both equally great and they're both equally tough, but it's because of the timing of each that they both have to be well-respected for what is going to come ahead of them. Oh yeah, definitely. And to piggyback on that, like, I think what, what what separates the generations now is really like technology. Technology is like the real thing, and then you have the old generations. Oh, you have we had it harder than you. Yes, but like I think that my because it's because the mindset changed, right? Like if, if you think about like before, it's like you got to work harder, harder, harder. But now, like our generation, the new generation is like, well, we we we're working smarter, not harder. We can do we can we can you know do the same output as you, but. You know, it just required less effort. You know, we can find workarounds around it. We can use technology to our benefit and such. So, like, that's that's a huge, that's the to me the huge difference. But, like, there's still true to that extent. Like, for me, like, again, I'm just a health fit, uh, like, person. It's, like, the new generation is just, like, to me, lazy. They, they don't go outside or, you know, mm. they, I, I feel like, mm. like, I, like, growing up i feel like i was always outside and there was always a group of kids always outside like we had like it was again we didn't have much right like we didn't it's not like none of us had all these video games or like big screen mm-hmm. tv like i had a video game i had like old old school uh video game console and like a 
small TV, but like I had like I was like I didn't really have much to do inside. I was always outside. It was always like twenty kids in the in the block mm-hmm. just running around. And now like mm-hmm. I'm looking in my neighborhood and it's like man, there's like three kids ever outside, even riding their bike or we have a mm-hmm. pool over there. No one's in the pool. It's like man, like it's a generational thing, right? It's just um, I don't know. But mm. I mean, there's some there's some mm. there's some truths to it. Just, again, it's like you said, every uh gener- every generational experience is unique. So yeah. even, though we, yeah. even though we we think now like with technology is being so crazy, like crazy advanced, how this new generation has it easy. Like just imagine in twenty years when they're kind of in our in our age, and what technology is going to be then. Right, right. And I think too, every mm-hmm. every generation has their advancements. Right. So my yeah. dad was born my dad was born in nineteen forty-eight. So his parents might have been born pre-nineteen hundreds or they could have not, right? It could have been maybe early nineteen tens, depending on their story. I don't fully know. But even from what they've experienced compared to what their great, you know, grandparents experienced, like every every generation's having that conversation towards one another. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Like we're all looking at our technology that that we've had for our particular times, and I guess the greater theme of it is there's vices, but then there's also benefits, and each generation can fall according to those vices, or each generation can thrive according to those benefits. Depending on which one you choose, it's yeah. going to tell in how your lineage goes, how your legacy yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point, Asley. Like, especially when it comes to like vices, if you couple that with like technology and just like your ability to access pretty much anything, I would say, I mean, vices are just like at an all time high or like potential vices, right? Yeah. And oh. so, like, you almost have to have more discipline, like nowadays, mm. just to not get caught up in something. Like, I mean, we I mean, think about right. like social media, right? Like, you can get canceled in a heartbeat. I mean, just because just think- of something. Or, like, you can find anything that you want like, at this point, like the push of a button. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just, just think, of, think of this. We're in 2005, right? Let's say we want to do this, this exact same thing. We probably got the big, the, the big fat screen monitor, the big... Um, uh, the 400-pound TV? The tower, right? We yeah. got the, this webcam with 240... And then we're using dial-up. And we, and we were like, okay, it's going to take me like 20 minutes to even get on AOL, to even get on the on Steam Yard so we can even do the podcast. Now these kids, like, we just, like that. Like, we just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two minutes, we got, mm-hmm. we got this done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it obviously it brings us benefits, right? But I, I do think that there is a certain resilience that this next generation is going to have to have that's like, eons or or above like what we even had to have kind of growing up too i really Uh, i have an idea what it's gonna be ai yeah i feel you there i robot robot gonna be a thing Mm -hmm. i think so Oh, mm. man, come on, man. You got Ch- uh, GPT over here doing uh, all the work. Yeah, yeah you're right. You can figure out some of uh, life's pressing problems <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a text message to an AI tool. Come on. And then yeah. you, you heard the thing where they use AI to, to make a Drake and a Weekend song, mm. and it sounded just like them. Mm. What? Go on YouTube. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah. if, 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 if I didn't tell you that, you, you would think that, that was really dumb. I mean, I'm not surprised because like I've I've seen some prompts that are like 
write me a speech as if Barack Obama was going to no, say it. Even the new iPhone, the the uh, iOS 17 has coming out. I know this is, this is not a Pobia technology episode, but like yeah. iOS 17, I saw that, you know, I think the, the whole setup probably takes like 10 to 15 minutes. You're just saying, you know, phrases over and over and over again. And then eventually, like when it's fully set up, it could talk back and sound just like you. And, it, and it's almost not robotic. Like there's certain things that sound robotic, but like it's, it's legit. Mm. that's gonna be on an iphone you know in september mm. Mm. And, and i think i heard i heard somebody say this maybe the other day but they were saying like in comparison to what people had in maybe the 1700 1800 1900s like people who may be you know at our lowest level from when we grew up right and you look at the certain mm-hmm. neighborhoods that we grew up in and for people that might you know currently be low income experiencing that right now in some instances what we have still is greater than what a lot of the wealthy people had back then. Oh, yeah. When you really I, think I, about it, right? When you think about the amount of clothes that we have, when you think about the roof over our heads, when you think about just to uh, access to health and resources and just different things that we have uh, within our reach, you know, we are much better, we would say, in quotation marks. But then at the same time, depression is still here. Anxiety is still yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, envy is still here. Depression, anxiety, here. that evolves. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's all yeah. these, all these different vices are still here, but they just change costumes. Yeah. So I think even as you get older and you get into this next generation that we're about to experience, whether they go through AI, all these different things, the same things that we are experiencing, they're going to experience it as well. It's going to be a different costume. And the temptation yeah. is, do you really know what you can handle? Do you really know what's at cost for you? when you make decisions that you make. And I think that's a big part of manhood is that for every action that we take, there's a reaction for everything that we don't do. There's something that we will do or something that we feel like we could have done or should have done. And so as men, you know, being able to define, I think, or being able to have an understanding of who you were, who you are now and who you're trying to become, these three should always, they're always going to be in relation to each other. Mm-hmm. And if you don't define and decide for for yourself what you're going to stand on, what your values are going to be, then other people are going to decide for you. Other people are going to decide facts. for you. you know? Such so, so a transition from manhood. Now, I mean, I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, uh, Josh can relate from his experience, but like fatherhood. Mm. That's what we want to talk about, too. You know, we're both fathers. Josh is a son. Yes. Future father. Right. Eventually, you know, know. (laughs) it's going to happen. So, I mean, I mean, take us like, I guess, you know, just give us a brief history, brief summary. Like, just what, what, like, what was that transition? Like, you're not a father one moment and then boom, Mm. you're a father, how everything changes. Like, I guess I kind of want to see what our experiences kind of like are, like, you know, whether they're similar or not. For sure. So I have two beautiful girls. I have one who just turned one on the 17th. And then I have uh, one who's three and a half turning four on December 23rd. And so the beauty about both is that they're all unique. And even the delivery and all that was unique in their own sense. But uh, for the first one, I think for me, it was a unique time because we had her uh, right before COVID. And so I think my, uh, my experience within fatherhood in the t- particular time of how I started is different than a lot of the people that I've talked to from the past or even now, because as soon as my, I, it was time for me to go back to work from paternity leave, 
the, the world shut down. And so I was able to stay home and literally be there every step of the way from watching my daughter turn over to watching her uh, crawl and do all these different movements that I would have missed if I would have been at work. And so I think because of the time that my wife and I had at the house with our first child, like it's it allowed me to experience fatherhood, I think, in a in a safe way. I didn't have these other competing mm. priorities because there was nothing to do except to be at home yeah. with the people that you love. Hopefully you love for the most part. Right. Yeah. So because I, I was able to have that experience, I think that first one was really is really sweet for me. And now with the second one, um, it's understanding that as a father, you know, your your heart, your heart, your heart can grow. Your heart can grow. You know, your love can grow. Your love is not just going to stay how it is when you have one child. As you continue to increase, they it can grow, and it is growing. And because both girls even are different in personality from what we're figuring out, like I'm learning that I have to be intentional as a father mm-hmm. to be able to get to know my children's uh, and what they, what they're, who they are, so that way I can love them uniquely. Yeah. But still love them both wholesomely, if that makes sense. Right. Equally, it's kind of for me a play on words, but I, I much rather intentionality allows me to love each of my kids uniquely. And how I may refer to one, depending on the situation, how I refer to another is going to be dependent on their personalities, depending on who they are, depending on the gifts that they have, depending on their framework of the world. You know, I think that for me is the true blessing of fatherhood is being able to build intentional relationships and then uh, really see how those relationships get tested when they're out of your sight. You know, the true test of parenting is not when your your kids are in home with you, but it's what they do when they're outside. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. so well, but overall, it's nice. been it's been great, man. It's been great uh, from both of the birth experiences. So. Uh, my first one, we had her at the birth center, and the birth went so well that the hospital place ended up giving us money back from the the money that we had prepaid for the birth. So that was really cool. I remember that drive home. You know, I can't say I'm I'm a cautious driver per se, right? My record shows that I speed a little bit, but best believe when I took my baby home that night. Oh yeah. I was <laughs> Looking to the right, to the left, make sure all my stops, like letting everybody time. go through, this, <laughs> and two, you know, making my turns, just really being intentional about that. Because I have a, I had a precious gift. I had the world, I had new life in right here, and so it was, it was truly special. And then for my second one, I was actually the first one to. Uh, I, we delivered her in a sense because we had a home birth and the way she oh. came was a lot more sooner than expected. But I was the first hand that was on my child to be able to just welcome her to the world. And so just to be able to have both of those experiences, I'm really thankful for most importantly, the time that I've had with my children. You know, being an entrepreneur, being able to work from home for most of the time, being able to just like be here, man, and have those moments at the park with them. Take them to the museum, take them to the zoo, take them to school, take them on different play dates. Like not many fathers have that option. You know, not many fathers have that time. So I think right. what makes my fatherhood unique experience a unique experience is because I've had the time to spend with my, with my kids. Absolutely, man. I, I hear that. I hear this theme of like presence yeah. throughout like 
you know, the conversation and, and throughout your experience. And um, it's funny because like, I think people are are going to see COVID as like a whole generation of children, like right, the quote unquote like kind of COVID baby or the COVID era, mm-hmm. where maybe sometimes or maybe one of the drawbacks might be like the lack of socialization from mm. like newborns, like you know, just not being able to go out and experience a lot of things, or things were just kind of confined to a specific space. Um, but that is a very interesting point that like you had a lot of time to kind of, you know, not just get adjusted to having a newborn in your life, but yeah. you could actually cherish those moments yeah. that a lot of people either take for granted or or simply just don't have. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I bet it made you stronger just as a relationship. Right. Because like a lot of people were shook by the, you know, COVID dynamic and couldn't even stand their partners when you're just home and kind of locked in. Or the other side happens where you just grow stronger. You kind of lean in on each other. And mm-hmm. I know that yep. was something that definitely happened for me and mine. Um, we got so much closer just during that time mm-hmm. at a moment where, you know, things could definitely just fall off the rails or like you may not even stand your partner or anything like that. But um, that was kind of one of those things where like, you know, that this is something that's durable. This is something that can last a lifetime and um, yeah, someone that you can have, you know, a family with, for instance. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's good, man. To add one of the reasons why my fatherhood experience has been phenomenal, I would say is because of the partner that I have, right. My wife is a phenomenal mother. Like she is, she sets the bar high. Like my mom sets it high, but she's up there in terms of just her love and her care, her intentionality for the kids that it's really, um, you can't help but to be great around her and you can't help but to want to serve your kids as she serves our kids. And so I, I owe the majority, I think, of my due diligence and presence to her because she exemplifies that on a, on a such a higher level than I do. You know, that it's cool to just be around somebody who has who's as passionate as raising her kids. You know, oh, for sure. For sure. Jay, but before um, let me chime in, I think um, I think there's this notion that like men have to bootstrap everything. Right. But like the support of your partner, your spouse is like paramount to even your own success, success of the household, so to speak. And sometimes it's just that realization that, like, you're not by yourself. You don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you don't have to take up this mantle of all these stressors and sacrifices in your life and just say, like, oh, like, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I've got to make this thing work. Well, like, you have someone else as well. They're just strong, powerful, um, loving, caring, kind as, as you are, as you can be. And there's power behind that as well. And I know you have this theme of power up, but. I would mm-hmm. say, shoot, my wife gives me so much power. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm empowered just as much from my wife as I hope that I empower her as well. Yes. You know, I think it's that that back and forth kind of dynamic that um, tends to lean well to a strong household, strong family overall. Mm-hmm. But, but Jay, like, what about, so your recent experiences, right? Like, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was around April because it was basically like the week after my wedding. So, so it was um, uh, March 29th. Mar- March 29th. So dang, right before. Right before. Yeah. No. No, no, no. no. Your wedding was first, right? 
Yeah, that was March twenty yeah. fourth, but yeah, like yeah, right yeah, before yeah. April. I was thinking yeah, yeah. like like it might have been like no, April first or something. It was supposed to be I think April second or third was the due date, right. but but we had the um, a schedule C section and mm-hmm. so we, we so we had it we had it that Tuesday, so like right a little bit after your wedding, but then we was afraid that even though it's scheduled, like they told us that this baby can pop any day now. So it was like I just couldn't I couldn't go all with the Gainesville just for yeah. like but, Jason, stop there. Like, talk about that a little bit, right? Like, what is that anticipation like? Man, you know, like, I'm, I guess I'm just a different guy. I'm, I'm so chill and nothing. <laughs> like, everyone's for, like for nine, for eight months, eight, nine, yeah, eight months, but like, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm just like, eh. Like, you know, like, like, it's not, I, I'm not going to know until it happens. Like, like, you can try to scare mm-hmm. me and whatever, but I'm like, it's, like, I, I already know everyone's experience is different. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, like, we woke up and I'm like, well, this is the day, right? And then nothing, like, it, it didn't hit me. And then, like, once I stopped counting up and I was like, like this is it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> and then even then, like, she, like, you know, like, they did the C-section and they showed me her. And, like, everyone's like, you know, like, every, like you know, most dads cry, whatever. I'm just in shock. I'm just like, oh, boy. okay. Like, and it didn't hit me. It still didn't hit me. Like, like until, like, they cleaned her up and it was upstairs waiting for Camilla to come by and the baby she was crying her name is Aaliyah so baby Aaliyah was crying and then it, it, when she held my finger man my heart just dropped and I, I just oh, my, there boy, it my, is. those are those eyes were super watery I was like oh my god <laughs> but, that's awesome man but fatherhood oh, man so she's three months she's gonna be four months so it's gonna be a month next week uh, it fatherhood didn't hit me till three weeks ago, so because the only I think about it, I had the luxury, like I had the the privilege, and I was blessed that my job paid for paternity leave. So yeah, I got three months off. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's one of those benefits you you don't realize you need until you need it. So oh, yeah. you know, you know, just to have three months, hey, I got I ain't, like, I ain't got to work. I don't got to work, and I, like I know my bills are gonna be paid. It's just guaranteed money coming in. So like basically all my like like all my attention was to her. Like yeah, I didn't sleep, whatever, but like I was always for the most part there. If if I wasn't there, it was like I was working out in the front. Right? But like I chose purposely not to like run or not to go to the gym because I want to be near. Like I always want to be near in case anything happened, like I'm like right there. So like I know we talked about wellness earlier, so that was always still my wellness. I still need to work out. Like, if, like for me, if I don't work out, like to me, I just don't feel good, physically, mentally. So, like, I still kind of did little things. I kind of I'll walk for thirty minutes, like low cardio, whatever. But like, I was always here. So um, then it like started hitting me like maybe two weeks before I had to go work. I was like, damn, like things are really gonna change. And again, I I'm I'm, I'm very blessed at my job where I only work four days. And two days are I work from home, and the other two I'm in the office. So essentially, mm-hmm. you know, I I only go to work two out of five days. But still, that first day going to work, man, it it made me sick to my stomach, man. Because like <laughs> all I know is her, right? For three months, if it, it it feels like it's a like three months is not that long, but man, like I feel like so much time passed in three months. I was like, there's no way she's been she's been with me just for three months. Like it felt like more. I really had so many experiences, so many funny things funny stories with her already 
And then that first day at work, I just kept looking at my phone, looking at just pictures, and I'm like, this sucks. Like, I can't, like, I miss, I miss her. Like, and I didn't think I was going to, wow. like, that, 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 again, that's when it's like, that's real fatherhood. Like, I really miss her. And I'm like, how do, like, dads do this? Like, you got to go to work. Like, you know you leave, and, like, every, like, when I go to work, and I just look at the bed, and, like, she is, like, my wife and her there together. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I'm just going to miss stuff. Like even even when I'm working from home, like I'm 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 upstairs and they're downstairs. Like I, I feel like I miss certain certain things. So like if I have like a quick break from a meeting, I run downstairs just to kind of <laughs> check on them real quick. <laughs> but like stuff like that, like it almost like like I have a greater respect for my dad now because of it. Because like man, like I didn't see him that much because he was always yeah. working and stuff. And even when he wasn't, like. He used to work at Pizza Hut and Papa John's at one point. He was like the manager there, and like I still remember like times where he used to like do like he used to donate pizza for pizza parties and stuff. So he would do kind of little things like that, just for my class. Or like so like even though he was always there, he kind of did things like that. Like he was working two jobs. Like I never saw him. Like I I didn't probably really really see my dad more until I was in high school. Yeah, I mean he started making a little bit of better money, but. I was like, man, like, how, like, how do you even do this up until 18 or for 21 years, like, mm. to, like, go to work and then, like, have to worry about me and my sister and my brother. Like, I'm over here worrying about Aaliyah right now. Like, I just, it's crazy. Like, it's just, like, like, whatever, like, like, you know, we, we all have our good and bad experiences with our parents. But, like, now I just, I just, I, I understand and, like, I have a greater appreciation for him, even regardless of the things that, you know, I probably feel a certain way about him. But, like, it's it's a respect thing. Like you won't know until like you're in that position. So you're a father until like, you, yeah. until like, you know, yeah. like, you know what I gotta, I'm, I'm the support. Like I gotta go make the money to make sure mm. like, she's well, like I gotta make mm-hmm. sure like I'm over here thinking like she's going to get everything I didn't have, but she's, mm. she's going to, she's going to, she's going to get everything I didn't have. I got to grind. So now I got a more motivation to grind. I guess more of a motivation to do this podcast to do, you know, to make sure this podcast kind of escalates even more. Um, so yeah, so like with that, that's my new experience with fatherhood. And then, like, um, to piggyback on what Ashley said, is like, um, like, I had like a great, great appreciation for my wife because she does so much. Like, she's breastfeeding, and like, mm. that takes a lot. That takes a lot. And like, when you when you first have like when you have that newborn, oh, you you realize as a as a father, there's nothing you can do. Right. Like the baby, <laughs> the, the baby's crying. The baby, like, there's only certain things you can do until it's like, you know what? You have to give the baby to the mom. Like, the mm-hmm. mom is almost the cure to everything for the baby crying. So it's like, I try to do so much, and it's like, I try to take the, like, try to take some responsibilities or try to take the brunt from her. Because, you know, I know, like, you know, po- uh, postpartum's a thing and all that. But, like, you got to mm-hmm. remember, like, you, you, you got to be the number one cheerleader, man. I was, like, cheering her on. Like, you got this. You got this. Like, like even when she felt like she wasn't doing enough, I'm like, I'm like you're doing plenty. Like if anything, I'm sleeping more than you sleeping, and I'm barely yeah. sleeping. So imagine, I can't imagine you like to feed a baby every two hours. You're like, yeah, you're feeding, and then like two hours pass. Like you close your eyes, and boom, two hours pass. It's like I, she's exhausted, but like yeah. I got this. I clean up, take the dogs out, cook, whatever. Don't don't worry about it. Like you like always. Even now, like she thinks she's not doing enough because she just started going to work. And I'm like, no, you got this. Don't worry about it. Or don't worry when you're at work. I got this. Like, it's 
you grow more like like having a kid would definitely make you stronger if you are already in the right mindset right like yeah. if, if you already have a problems from the beginning like it's probably gonna probably gonna escalate even more because like you it's, it's a true team dynamic yeah and it, like, it reveals what's already there yeah so like and it, I, already there. Like if she if she already respects my wellness and understands I need to do certain things for wellness and I and I respect that she needs to do certain things for her wellness and maybe she needs some time to herself and all that, like we we were doing that already. So like the fact that yeah. now that we have a kid is like no, we now that those things are even more important and that you really need to like or like she knows like I gotta work out like, go work out, go go play games. Mm-hmm. And for her, like now that she could like before I noticed that she loved working out too, she likes running. She couldn't do that because she was like breastfeeding for those three months. Like yeah. she was, she tried to, but then she was burning too much calories. Yeah, like, she was making mm. the milk. So like she's like, no, I can't do it. But now, now, now she started working out. Like notice, you know, that uh, her boobs getting better and such. But I'm like, hey, go do that, go do that, or, or or start slow. Like again, you gotta be the cheerleader. You gotta, you gotta, mm. you gotta be the support. Yeah, one of the, one of the things as you were saying, man, just that's really humbling, is that as many diapers as I've changed, both of my kids are not going to remember those moments. Yeah, and wow. I don't, I, I don't know, Think about I don't it, know who changed. Remember with goldfish? Yeah, I don't, I don't know who changed my diapers. That's the humbling thing about it is that somebody, whether it was mom, dad, whether it was uncle, auntie, like I don't know who in my entire short span of of that age changed my diapers like i don't even know who potty trained me i hope it's one of my parents right it could have been somebody from the daycare but all of these little moments that's like pivotal for us to be sustained and for us to grow um like i always think when i think about my dad i think about middle school high school the times when he was working a lot but then as i have conversations with my mom about how my dad was when we first were born my brother and i she was saying how she had to go to work and he was the one taking care of, of the majority of the things at night in the evening with us. Now, these are things that I would not, I would have known. I would have never known never unless known. I would have had a baby to then ask the question of, Hey, like who was doing all this when it was y'all's time. And so now it brings me a new light of a uh, being that my father is because he has that memory in his head in his head and he knows, but unless I was told, I would have never known. I mean, they said that you don't really remember anything until like you're four years old. So you have four years of memories you would never get. Yeah. And, but besides pictures, if you have that. But before you go, Josh, I, I want to just show you this because I'm like proud of this. This is like my first uh, Father's Day. Man. Yeah. So that's her like at maybe one and a half, two months. But like, look at that. Like, he's never going to know that. Like, I was I was watching Ted Lasso while she's thinking <laughs> on me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, man, that's those are those moments, man. Like I'm sure as a parent, like you never forget, and then you can kind of Mm -hmm. go back to those moments, like when they're older, and kind of talk about like what was kind of going through your mind. And um, Asley, like you brought up something that really took me back to something that my parents always say, and no, usually it's probably when I screw up, but it's usually like you know that line, like oh, you won't get it until you're a father. Like you won't even understand until like you're older and then you're in the same boat, right? Like mm. that kind of what that's kind of what you reminded me of when like you just don't have that memory or that perspective. Yeah. Until like you're just in those shoes and shoot, I'm not even there yet. But I'm listening mm. to your 
both of y'all's stories and like I can't help but have so much profound respect for what you guys are doing. Um, mm. Not just the two of you, but your partners as well, your spouses and the support that you have for each other, the the attachment, the connections that you all have made with your children. It's it's truly remarkable. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm amongst kings right now, man. And mm. y'all just setting that example. And uh, hey, I appreciate it for sure. Don't be afraid. I'll say that because you know people are always like yo like I think maybe I'm I think it's not true where they're like um, you never you're never ready like and all that stuff right mm. you, you know when you're ready like I knew I knew I was ready mm-hmm. all the time we're yeah. like, oh are you ready I was like no no but like once I was in my thirties I was like financially stable I got a good job we got a house I got like disposable income like even with the baby I still have disposable income like. If anything, I'm just like I'm just gonna get more of already have. So it's like, like we're ready. Like we're yeah. like I'm like I'm way more of a mature person than I was even like three four years ago. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. you know like you know your maturity level. So like once you once you hit that maturity level, doesn't matter how hard this is because this is hard regardless. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. Like it's hard. Yeah. But, like yeah. If you have the mature mindset, like you know it's gonna get done. You know like, then you know you're ready. Hmm. And, sure. and, and, I, and I think that's why last year and this up until now when people was like trying to scare me and like, are you ready? Are you ready? And I was and I gave the nonchalant response. That's probably because I was ready. Like, but no one but but no one wants to like, no, no, you can't be ready. Like, it's like, no, no, like I didn't have a kid in my 20s. Like maybe you guys like, mm. you know, like I was, you know, I was blessed that I, you know, I was re- ready now. And, you know, this is my right time. Mm. timing is everything man it mm. really can be right like you were in that was, right space and yeah i'm 32 um, right so if i was 25 this would be a completely different story oh yeah 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 it, i think the crazy part is like even generations before right like mm. fathers were, were be, fathers at like 18 19 20 yeah. and stuff like that right like Sometimes you think that they would have all that stuff figured out. Maybe, maybe not. But mm. I mean, it's just. But, but you know what it is? If, if like you're right, because I like that's the thing. 18, 19, 20, like they're having kids, right? They were forced to grow up. But like we're us in our situation, we we're already grown. We're already mm. grown. We're we're ready. So that's like that's the opposite. Like one who's forced to, and one who's ready, who, who's ready for the next step. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 it makes like, the experience right. completely different. I can't imagine having a kid at that time. Mm. I was so immature. I would add, I would add, I think that we, even in the mature state that we are in now, in the preparedness that we had and the leverage that we had on that, I think even with all the preparation, I think regardless of what state you are in, your child still forces you to grow up. Oh, yeah. Because there are some moments of, uh, you thought that you were the most patient person, you know, or you thought you were the most stable in some mm, sense, right? Or you yeah. thought you were the most X, Y, and Z, whatever they, they may be. There's going to be moments where fatherhood exposes your weaknesses. When you don't, you know, sleep. it exposes when you're half maybe sleep or sleep deprived or whatever, or maybe things are not going your way and there's fussing. Like you don't know what's going to come out until it's there, you know? And so the beauty, I think, is. If you understand that walking into it and if you face resistance, well, the only way you grow muscle going back to wellness is through resistance. Yeah. The only way you get stronger lungs to run faster 
is through going harder and then being able to maintain that momentum and tempo. And so I think relating wellness back to fatherhood, it is this, like there are going to be some forces of resistance in your fatherhood experience. But remember that fatherhood is the best hood to be a part of, you know, and it's the resistance that's (laughs) worthwhile because there's going to be, there's going to be moments where the resistance now may be, okay, I remember when my child, when my child was first born, she would just lay there and putting on a diaper was smooth. But then as she got older, she started to move. Now she's moving when I'm trying to put a diaper on. Now that she's a little stronger, she's resisting getting into a car seat. And it's still, you know, we it's, I still love her and fatherhood is still great, but there's these distinct moments to where, okay, I'm facing opposition. How do we handle the situation to where we both win? Or at least I get you to the safe, to safety and, you know, take the reins as a father should to be able to, to make sure you have the right upbringing. And the same thing with motherhood too, right? So I think that it's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. But remember, muscle is only built through resistance. Man, I almost think, yeah, I was about to say that might just be the start for final thoughts and reflections, (laughs) right? Like, man, like this has been an episode for the books. Um, Thank you all for this, like, conversation. I think, like, conversations like this are much needed, especially nowadays. Like, we got to keep this energy high. And as we, like, you bring the energy for sure. Like, it is... (laughs) Dang near nine o'clock. I'm I'm about to go run and I'm about to go run a couple yeah. miles. Just get it in right now, man. Oh yeah. Oh man. So I, I'm actually scheduled for an 80 minute run tomorrow, and I'm excited now. Let's do it. There you go. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Any final thoughts from from the fathers of the genuine content podcast, genuine content family at this moment in time? Like any life lessons or anything that you would share for someone like me? Let's say right, who's maybe on the cusp or right there. I know Jay, you said like, don't be scared of it. As we, you were talking about like, you know, muscles don't move without resistance. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, just, if I had any words, man, to any upcoming fathers or even fathers that are present now, like you're gonna, you get a chance to be friends to many people. You get a chance to, um, you know, do many things, have many different careers but your child is only going to have a set of two people that, that are their biological parents. And as a father, you are one half of that equation in somebody's life. And so the weight of that, think about it. Your kids are going to have many friends. They're going to have many opportunities. And they may have many father figures per se. But in terms of the biological standpoint of you bringing the child into this world, like you by blood, it's only one that's going to be on that birth certificate with the other person. And so just take that into light that, you know, it's a responsibility, but whoever you have, son or daughter, it's a responsibility that was made for you because it came from you. It is already a part of you. And so how exciting is it that you get to do your due diligence in changing the world by raising somebody to a high standard that will be equipped to make the change in the world. That's what's up, man. That's there it is right there. Jay. I mean, I'm, I'll be trying to follow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with it, like besides don't, you know, don't be afraid. Like honestly, it's, it's a team effort. Yeah. You, you know, you have your significant other, you know, um, 
whoever you consider family, you know, whether it's your parents, you know, cousins, friends, whoever, you know, whoever wants to help you out, just hey, take the help, man. That's, you know, you, mm. you can't take enough help. That's so, big. Know, like, even That's like big. things where like, I'm lucky where, hey, mom, um, you know, I got a, I got a meeting. Like, can you, you know, can you just watch her for a couple hours while I do this? Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, my sister's like, hey, man, if you ever need me to watch her for anything, let me know. Or mm-hmm. like Camilla's sister and her mom, same way. So it's like, that's, you know, whatever support you can, who, anyone who's willing to help you, you know, what, you know, whatever friends, family, whatever, you know, definitely take it. You know, this is, this is not a time to be proud or anything like that. So mm-hmm. between that and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Like, hey. It's it's been a crazy three months. And I thought I think I've done I've done a lot already with my life pre, prior to Aaliyah. And I'm already thinking like we have so like I I, I just want to plan trips for her. Mm. Even though it, it's like she's not gonna remember it, but like we're going to Atlanta next month. And I'm like, look at that. First time she's going on an airplane, we're going to Atlanta and then we're gonna mm. go to Disney and we're gonna go to Chicago gonna do we're going to food and wine in october and it's like she's not gonna know any of this stuff and all she's gonna have is pictures of this but it's like well, damn it like i'm gonna make memories with her you know yeah like, that's good because it's, it's, it's gonna yeah. be a ride man because honestly fellas another reason why i think even life is a gift man when i think of fatherhood a blessing in my life is being able to have other fathers who are doing it with me around me you know we're all raising kids now at the time you see different fathers at the park you now i know jay's a father so we're connected Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the things that that makes me take this conversation to a serious note is that one of my my good friends that i grew um that i I didn't grow up around them but i I met him kind of right when i was in my college age um you know we kind of experienced some of the same things you know he was in the fitness he was in the wellness um and he uh had epilepsy though right so that was a big part of his life but long story short um you know i was there at his wedding and you know as i started having kids the world shut down he uh i believe had his first kid around like right after the world was kind of opening up in a sense and then he had just had a second kid and so at the age of 34 man he um just recently passed passed in march because he oh. ended up uh it was a fatal car accident and so he left behind uh a wife right and he left behind two young kids under the age his daughters like i think not even 3 and his oh, son sorry. was like newborn, right? And so I think whenever there's those moments where like I don't want to play <laughs> or I don't want to pick up my child or I don't want to like, you know, I just want to lay here and rest or or nap. A lot of times I think, man, if my brother who just passed would have had this opportunity, he would. He would do it in a heartbeat. And so I say that to say, going back to what I said in the beginning, like you never know when your last day is going to be on here. And I can't stress that enough as a father. So if you're a father, especially for you, be prepared. If your last day was tomorrow, are you prepared? Do you have your financial stuff in order? Do you have um, things in place, relationships in place that your family would be able to pick up in a heartbeat if you weren't there? Because magnitude is one day you're not going to be. And you sometimes we don't get to decide when. Most times we don't get to decide when that is. So, but on a lighter note, though, enjoy fatherhood. Yeah. Hey, that's it. I mean... I don't think we got to say much more than that, right? Like, this is genuine content, y'all. <laughs> you know, I hope everybody liked this episode. 
Asley, thank you so much again for joining us. You are part of the Genuine Content family. We really appreciate you fellowship with us, uh, you know, sharing your moments with us, sharing your experiences, your tokens of wisdom as well. I think we all kind of grew from this, and I hope our audience and listeners also grow from this as well. Uh, Asley, you know, give another shout out to what you got going on, Noble Sheep. And we definitely yeah, want to highlight that again. Uh, Noble Sheep, you know, we are all about just helping students lead effectively, students and staff. That's what I do on a career base. But if you catch me somewhere in Gainesville, if you even catch me sometimes when I go to Miami, just say power up and I'm going to give you a high five, right? Because that's our motto for life. And so to all that are listening, we thank you because you have given the greatest investment that you have, which is your time. And so thank you for investing your time in something that was well spent. Boom. Jay, let's do it, man. I mean, this is another good one for the books. You know, what a great way to start season two. Uh, I'm excited for season two. You know, I think we've got some good things coming up. Uh, I feel feel like we're going to do things a little bit different this season. You know, this is completely different than what we did before, right? Like, a lot of it was kind of like little controversial topics. I mean, we'll definitely hit those when the time comes because the news has been kind of dry in regards to, like, culture and, and, and news. So... I mean, you know, since this, this this is dry, I love topics like this. So I'm excited yeah. for season two. I know the fans were waiting. Fans were asking, hey, what's going on? I was like, hey, man, <laughs> don't worry. It's coming soon. Yep. We're going to keep this train rolling, man. But this was a great start to uh, a new segue in our journey here. But this is genuine content once again. Appreciate everybody for listening well in advance. Stay tuned for future episodes. We out here. Peace.